Okay, it's time to partner with Betfair and preview Cineblast Stakes Day at Ascot. This Saturday, January 30, we're recording the 1-1, your West Australian racing podcast. It's uh, just after 11am on Thursday, the 28th of Jan. Albany, Great Southern racing this afternoon. Mm. Of course, we were just about to preview the eight race card at Ascot on Saturday and it's Breeders Classic Day at Bunbury on Sunday. And yeah, once again, a big thanks to Alex Doble who came on the show last week and outlined all the goings on down at the Bunbury Turf Club, very progressive race club and uh, good luck to everyone on uh, one of their feature days this weekend. So your, your favourite turf club at the moment, Well, I'll tell you what, we had a little bit of a turnaround actually. I don't, we'll, we'll prefix this by an absolute horror show yesterday at Ascot, but um, we actually didn't have a bad day. I was pretty keen Q-Balling and in the last, I was, I was quite keen smart fascinator uh, each way and ran a, ran a nice place. Scotty Embry tipped me uh, Lucy to grey, <laughs> so Scotty gets the chocolates there, won the race at 30 to 1. The other two punters we've got coming on, um, there's only four tips I saw for this race. The other two punters we've got coming on, I saw Tommy Johnston tipped Ayasha, who's run second at about 30 bucks. One of your and, horses. Um, yeah, well, it was a couple of starts ago. Yeah. It was moral beaten. He was hurting after that one. Oh, <laughs> deary, deary, man. Um, and then... Um, and then there was uh, Latham Anderson, who tipped Broadway Girl, who's run fourth. I think the quartet paid 50 grand. They're the only four tips I saw for the race. So there's a little story for you. But BJ, make sure throughout the show you stay tuned uh, for info on how you can enter the Mundaring Hotels, WA Racing, Mastermind, and the Market City Meets Get Out competitions. Get Out Stakes competitions. Special Get Out Stakes this week too, isn't it? Special. Special. Yeah. Brave. Uh, we'll get to that. <laughs> Bit of housekeeping for everyone. If you'd like to read my pre-markets preview, the leg up, uh, jump onto bestbets.com.au and or the Ozrace website. Leg up has always been out since 7 a.m. this morning. While two of the stars of WA Racing, Terry Layton and Daniel Cripps, they'll be teaming up for the Wild West video preview, which available on the Betfair Hub. That's betfair.com.au. Before we move on to the shout out to the uh, how you can find the one one and how you can subscribe, rate, and re review Terry. Do you want to outline the Young Gun yes. hunting series that we've got coming up? Yes, I meant to do that before. Sorry. So we will be having. We've obviously got Riley Dot uh, Morgan on the uh, on the preview at the minute. Very much looking forward to getting stuck into this card. Um, in the coming weeks, we'll also have Tommy Johnston and we will have Latham Anderson too. Uh, very astute young men, three very astute young men um, who we're very excited to be coming on board. What we're going to do as well, just to keep it interesting over the next seven weeks, um, we plan on having one on every three weeks, so it'll last for the seven weeks, is we're going to have a little bit of a, uh, a competition between the three young guns. Um, prize TVA, I dare say it'll be a Betfair pack and something from all of our sponsors. We might also chuck in a couple of hundred dollar free bet to the winner. But they're going to have 100 fake dollars to basically bet every week. Uh, maximum three bets. Prices recorded on Betfair SP. Winning total at the end of the seven weeks wins. That simple. BJ. Are we keeping a running total on Twitter? We will keep a running total. I think on the Sunday or the Monday we'll, we'll lower them up. We'll tag the three of them in and um, we'll keep a running tally. So if someone jags one early, the other two lads have already sent theirs through to me. Um, so if somebody jags, a, I really hope somebody, and I know a couple of them, uh, Tommy's actually gone for a couple of the prize. Uh, if he jags one early and sort of lobs the rest of you as a thousand bucks behind or something early, we might see some fireworks. I want to see some fireworks from the kids there. I want to see them just going, 
But there's uh, you've had a bit of experience with the State of Origin series with a yeah. couple of a uh, couple of the other states <clears throat> getting some big price winners up. Just got you off the bridle, didn't it? You well, and Well, yeah, we had tactics going into it. We were, I think, we were stiff. I think like our first seven bets ran second or something like. And the problem is with the way the way Crip punts and the way we sort of came about and the way we did it. We everything we were backing was starting half the price bet fair SP. So it's up to the lads whether they want to consider horses that will start good prices bet fair SP and stay away from data horses. I don't know. It's yeah, each their own. That, that's probably the most difficult part of it and um, the, is having to take your bet fair SP rather than to lock in that fixed price on the Thursday. But so. the three bets allows bat on ball, value, and uh, something you know something in between as well. Exactly so right. you can you can showcase whatever you like, or you can just. I think a lot of the time you're better off just whacking your hundred bucks on something at two dollars fifty. You think you've got a good thing for the day. It's, or, it's, it's all about the card. It's all about the card. What you like. Or just hundred wins new had in the last. Well, we'll get that to that. Sense. That'd we'll be. To that. Do you know what that type bet that would be? That'd be a brave bet. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Now, uh, <laughs> let's get cracking on Scenic Blast Stakes Day. As always, we like to pontificate and uh, hypothesise like about the weather and the wind, cold rails, hot rails. Pontificate. Yeah. You know that one? Never heard that in no, my life. No, neither have I. Did I, I just, like to think I've did got I just a reasonable that up? grasping. Grace, are you <laughs> Reasonable grasping of the uh, the, the English language, but yeah. uh, pontificate. I really like that word. I'm mm. actually going to just jot that. Did you find it in a dictionary though? Yeah, well, I don't think so. The BJ dictionary. Um, or is that is that describing Paul Harvey? Pont- yeah. Pontificate <laughs> might be something for later in the day. Maybe like a little bit Amelia's Contrera. Gets a bit of pontification. Mm. Quite contrary. Mm. Um, Will we? Um, we're discussing pattern now. Hot, 35 Hot. degrees. Winds easterly, yeah. but turning south to south easterly during the afternoon. Good for um, rail in the true position, which is probably the major piece of the puzzle, Guru. Yeah, yeah it's it's funny. How do you how do you do you record track patterns? Do you are you, do you try and some people like to stay away from that completely in regard and not have a clouded mindset going into it. And I can see the benefits in that. Um, but how do you go about that aspect of your punting, Riley? <clears throat> well, I've had a look at the conditions and I sort of take track data for how they all play in a spreadsheet yep. just so I can keep keep track of it. And when the rail goes to the true, what from what we've seen this season, doesn't stray too far from the usual ascot pattern, which is mm-hmm. you want to try and lean on speed early in the day before it eventually starts to even out progressively as the day goes on. Mm-hmm. And with those easterlies dropping off in the afternoon, probably towards the back end of the card, you might see a few more coming from behind. Yep, and the bigger fields as well, pattern established. Um, it sort of allows for hotter tempos and horses to run on. Interesting with the easterly, we, we associate the easterly long-term with there being um, a major on-speed bias, but the last two easterlies have um, the tracks played pretty fairly. Mm. And most importantly about, uh, I haven't got in front of me a month, six weeks ago, we were at the True. We were near identical wind conditions. It was a hot day and it played really quite fairly. It actually played basically exactly as Riley said. Early in the day, um, you wanted to be nearer to the speed, but as it progressed, it did not play like the usual easterly back to the true. So, don't know, I don't want to throw the, all the data out that we've compiled with the easterlies over the journey, but I do think we need to be looking for a relatively um, fair track for the day, I reckon. Mm, might, might be time to check in with Chris Nation one week soon just to fit, work out whether there's uh, any changes being made to the preparation of the track. Maybe a new fertiliser perhaps, Terry. Yeah. <laughs> He's borrowed Bunbury's uh, set, has he? <laughs> Let's go. Race one is the Tab Touch Westby Platinum Maidens. We are the biggest advocates here at the 114 Maidens on a sad day and it's just fantastic to see another one kicking off the just program. Just disappointing there's no cutaway, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, that Saturday, that's all we need. That would, that would have uh, had me steaming, that's for sure. But um, 
I went through Riley under the bus yeah, first cab yeah, off the rank. Off, throw him oh, into a mate. Yeah, yeah, kick him, kick him in. Eight races and one of them is a mate. It's yep. it's it's just it's 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 a flat start. However, can we get off to a fast start with Riley Morgan here on the one one? I think we can, BJ. I'm actually pretty keen on one here, and I think it might be one of the more well found horses on the day. And I'm talking about the horse Sikern. Sikern? Sikern? We'll go with Sikern. Yeah, I stuck with, with that early. But yeah, I just thought debut run over 1300 at Pinjara, slow away, back at the tail, look for a run between horses, top of the straight, and held up pretty badly when it was really looking for a run. Found some clear air, savaged the line, and I thought his, the way he hit the line that day was really impressive. He's actually run the fastest last 200 split of the entire meeting on debut, which is not something you see too often from, the, from a horse having its first start. Um, I think if he'll, if Boy Hill can find him some cover midfield here, he can get some clear air at the top of the straight. And I just think in this pretty moderate maiden field here, he could be getting the punters off to a flyer. I think moderate's pretty uh, bang on there, isn't it? The big thing Sishern has, Sishern. I can't guess here. I'm trying to look up. Sishern, I don't know. I've got no idea. The big thing that Ryan Hillsmount here has in his favour, apart from being the most eye-catching of the runs last start, is he's a point of difference runner against a bunch of bunch of battlers that have all had their chances, haven't they? I mean, Molly McGee does a lot wrong. He's currently a second favourite. The shades go on. What about the what about the gear changes? Might be more aggressive. Big gear change. One-eyed, one-eyed. With the one-eyed going on. Yeah. He, he did a he did a bit wrong last start. Or I should say she did a bit wrong last start. Molly, sorry, Molly. And, and um, sorry, and sorry to interrupt you, Terry. No, and, it's fine. and bubble cheeker. Bubble cheeker's on as well. I hate a bubble cheeker. I absolutely hate a bubble cheeker. So um, my knowledge of the exact use of the bubble cheeker is basically to stop a horse from um, laying in, hanging out. Um, but the idea of a horse doing something wrong, hopping a little... A little uh, a nip, would you say, BJ? A little nip on the inside part. And I, I, I'm not big on the bubble cheeker as a gear change. For me, it's up there with um, it's up there with bar plates. To be honest with you, it obviously doesn't mean there's anything physically wrong with the horse. It's a, well, it's just a racing mannerisms type thing and trying to correct it. But yeah, it's something I've um, I've never been big on when I see the old B B cheeker go on. But um, yeah, no, I'm I'm basically with with Riley here rather than carrying on for too long. So Shern's your point of difference, runner. My big worry is though the as we've just touched on easterly early in the day Correct. can be difficult to make some ground so if Ryan Hill ends up well out the back and a horse like Molly McGee does find the front softly even the one that's come up a price for me is Petit La Femme BJ am I any chance of getting Petit La Femme to the breeze here have you yeah. got, have yeah. you got her in the breeze that's where I'm at to. okay so fr from the breeze she's the value runner I had Mr Kite leading yeah, Mr. Kite leading. I had Mr. Kite as probably the surpriser who could yeah, okay. surprise. You think Mr. Kite might fly to the front there, BJ? Wasn't, uh, wasn't Lakdar's finest ride when he parked him three deep, no cover out at Northern that day? Okay. Over the and, there was some, and it was in the market too, I'm pretty sure. It was in the market. Yeah. And I thought that he trailed up like a like a nice horse before that, prior to that run. So you go no, back I, just, just on paper, three-length schoolhouse rock, 4.8, like a Jaguar. Doesn't read too poorly for a race of this nature, does it? The, the Even thing, a 4.4 shock result, sorry. The thing with uh, Zajern or Ryan Hillsmount uh, in the first uh, is that exactly what Terry said. He wouldn't want to get too far out of his ground on um, rail true, uh, wind, wind possibly favouring the on-speed brigade. Uh, in saying that, if you... If you think what about moi is a winning chance later in the day in the uh, in the graduation? Do you know favourite horse that is? It's Shannon Knowles. <laughs> <laughs> uh, boom boom. 
Guru on fire. I don't even have that pre plan. That's just, that's just going to me. If you like What About Moi, then you have to like Sashir because their runs were... It isn't fair if not, yeah, is it? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> their runs were, were basically identical um, in that in that same race. So um, I'm with Riley. I had Zajern. Uh, I need your prices, lads. I had Zajern with a two in front of it, actually. Two fifty. Two dollars ten for me. So Two dollars ten, two dollars fifty. I say I was three bucks in a 90% market, so... Back to the 100, it's 270. Um, and I've probably been a bit harsh on that purely because of the pattern we discussed yeah. earlier. So, look, the bet for me, and I'm going I'm to go back to tipping uh, with my value here. Oh, I think Sajun's the one to beat, obviously, but Petit Lafemme, HY. I've got, I've got her seven bucks. Seven one, more, at 13 bucks. one more horse I just wanted to make comment on. Bet I'm not, I'm not sure. Talent. Not sure. I didn't think you'd declare that again oh, this week. <laughs> I'm trying to erase that from my memory. No, I just wanted to make a little <laughs> quick mention. I'm not sure where he's at at the moment, and he has had plenty of chances, but if you go back through his maiden form, Drama Free has run second to Group 1 winner Elite Street and second to dual black type winner Money Matters, and that sort of form, if he can rediscover that, would probably be good enough to win here. But off Did that- Did excuses last time? Just pulled I, too hard, got, got in between runners never and settled, turned it up. Never settled in the run. It up, yeah. And it was probably a little unlucky not to have finished closer to Tovarik. Tobrick yep. last start, but the start prior over the thousand. So I reckon dra- drama again as well. Yes, did drama free talent are almost in the same mm. basket for mine. They've got the talent, but they're just um, hard to back. Yeah, mm. no drama free. Well, drama free's best run probably wins the race. It's probably that simple, isn't it? Yeah, I think it's that's, just, that's what yeah, Riley's saying. Yeah. So. Anyway, Sashun for the lads. If you look for a bit of value, Petit Lafemme refining the breeze with Maddie on. I, I always like it early in the day, especially with the fifty-three. Um, Petit yeah. Lafemme. I thought Petit Lafemme's last run down the straight. Just when you're doing your replays, honestly, have a look at horses. Four or five lengths off the four or five horse lengths off the uh, horse widths, I should say, off the rail. It is it is quicksand out there. Anything yep. that makes a little bit of ground down that part of the track, it's a super super run. You could beat in five six lengths and still be a great run. It is just so inferior to be in that part of the surface. And I thought Petit Lafemme showed enough down the straight to be a chance here if we can find the breeze. We find the rail and it's probably all over. Straw pole. Are we for or against straight racing at Pinjarra? I love it. Straight four. Big four. Yeah. Quite a difference. Some yeah. horses, some horses clearly don't yes. handle it. Yeah. But I love a straight at Pinny. Basically, when you're doing the form for the straight races, your first thing you go to, and I don't really look at the race book closely all that much. You just go track and distance. If you see a horse that hasn't got the greatest form, but it's drawn the wide, um, drawn wide, and, and it's got a tremendous look at the track and distance, they tend to um, continue to fly there. The, so. the OVA. The OVA. The OVA. Straight one thousand. The royal lot. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving on. Race two. It's the two-year-old event of the day, wedged in between uh, last week's lead-up to the Magic Moons and next week's Magic Moons two-year-old classic. We have the Crown Perth Plate, eleven hundred meters. Set weights and penalties, and uh, I think the boys have asked me to take the lead on this one. So I was in very interested, intrigued in the trials of a horse called My Dilemma. Uh, liked its 400-meter trial back in September 21. Thought it uh, it missed the kick with Ben Patterson on board, but still managed to make up ground and, and win the heat. Then uh, its follow-up 400-meter trial after a break on the 11th of January was really, really strong. I think it matched strides with its stablemate, perhaps, Maya Marlena, but traveling very strongly. And then stepped up to its first 1,000-meter trial, Belmont, the 18th of January, 
Black Dara Morley ridden very quietly, rode this very, very quietly. She was a conspicuous last early, um, sort of ducked in, slid up underneath horses, made a quick burst before he uh, uh, asked her to ease down over the last you know, 100, 150 metres, went to the line with plenty in the tank. Now, most people will be operating around Amelia's chant and uh, talk about you. They are the market leaders and um, obviously Amelia's chant. Blinkers go off after she was a uh, she just put, she just over over revved in front for William Pike in the race one by top of the mountain on the sixteenth of January and prior to that start uh, prior to that race beginning talk about you were scratched at the gates when he uh, he got away from handlers um, it's about even money at that stage as well yeah so um, so most people will be operating around those two and the market suggests what have we got at the moment Millie's chant two sixty and three fifty. Uh, however, and however, I think my dilemma is uh, the the um, is the fresh horse on the scene is the one that may I thought may have slid under the guard of the market makers, but I see that she's gone up a seven fifty chant. But not many people are riding better than Lacta Ramoli at the moment. I think that uh, three kilo claim is a gift. Has the has the gate speed to hopefully come across and maybe settle midfield. The likes of Millia's chant and talk about you uh, going at each other up in front could set it up for something to, to blouse them late. So I'm going to go for the lightweight debutante, My Dilemma. I think it's trials have been super. And I've just, just got a few queries about the, the two main fancies, Amelia's chant and uh, and talk about you. But um, uh, for me, I'm looking at My Dilemma. Brock Luthwaite, Lactar Romoli in the same colours that My Demi wore to victory in the Batavia Sprint a couple of Sundays ago. Riley. Nah, I don't really have a big opinion here on the two rows. <laughs> I just sort of hope they all go around and have fun. Yeah, just, just enjoy themselves. Yeah. Jeez, yeah, oh. oh, hard to forgive. Amelia's chant on that run, blinkers off, probably take a sit. Um, I, I know that Marty's got a very big opinion to talk about you. So that's probably the way I would be uh, I'd be leaning or looking, but um, no, I'd be I'd be listening to BJ in this race, probably over us too, I'd say. I think BJ's the king of the kids. Interesting, interesting to see they've taken the blinkers off Amelia's chant. So as Terry sort of um, was guiding us towards, does that mean talk about you comes across and rails in front and Amelia's chant stalks? Or does it mean that Amelia's chant still wants to hold the rail in front and make the hardest to beat work outside of her? I think they'd be happy to hand up. I think they'd be happy to, but it doesn't mean they will hand up. Um, and I am pretty sure that Marty will be very aggressive. Uh, the tactics will be very aggressive. We'll talk about you. Yep. Um, Grant and Shady has got race experience, but I thought um, had every chance to get past top of the mountain last start. <laughs> that so, um, race rated terribly as well. Yeah, it did, didn't it? Yeah, that shocking. Was incredible how bad that rated. But, um, yeah, Grant and Shady never looked like getting past the top of the mountain. So, yeah. So, no, me, not going to. Never, no, I'm not going to buy it. Yeah, not going to. I'm going to have a little nibble on that one, aren't I? <laughs> Uh, at top of the mountain, had every chance last week and didn't back up either. So yeah. um, for me, my dilemma, I was hoping for more like double figures, but uh, Bradbet has uh, has obviously enjoyed its trials as much as I have. So mm-hmm. 750 at the moment, but that was my uh, sort of outside the main, the main brigade. That was the one that I found on top, my dilemma. 750 around the traps as well, BJ. The scratching of mega reward as well has just come through. So, um, yeah, a uh, few people have seen what you've clearly seen there. On to race three. Now, this is a good little race to decipher, to dissect. I reckon we'll see some varying opinions here. Um, a couple of up-and-comers as well as a returning star um, before she sets over east. It's the Glenroy Shaft Plate 
Over the 1,100 metres, uh, the three-year-olds, set weights plus penalties. Kiss on all four cheeks is the horse uh, is the uh, the filly I speak of. I think this will be her run one. Uh, one run. We had Danny Morton on the show yeah. a couple of weeks ago. Um, and Kiss on all four cheeks is joining Elite Street on the journey over east. So I dare say this will be like a, a trial for that to some degree. Make sure she's happy, gets around safely. Um, they'll clearly be looking to win. And, and from a speed map point of view, I reckon she'll probably get a chance to win um, with a fair amount of tempo in this. But I reckon people at the 250 type mark from barrier 10 for a horse will probably be going back to last and horse welfare will probably be the biggest. Big, big prep ahead. Big prep ahead. That's what I'm trying to say. I, I think there'll be people looking to get her beaten. Riley, are you one of them? Yes, definitely. Okay. Um, sort of gives me the vibe. It's just a pipe opener. Obviously, it's going to be a, a prep run for those targets that she has over East. Mm -hmm. And obviously, I don't think they're going to give her a gut buster off, a, off an eight-week fresh in here. So... I think more than likely Brad's just going to drop her out to last and Danny will be happy if she hits a line really well with not a genuine intent of winning the race. I mean, if she does get in that three-wide moving line with cover and they go at each other out in front and she runs on well down the outside, she's probably every chance of winning, but I can't have her at $2.40 from that barrier. Her, her class is going to take her a long way, but 240, gate 10 with a huge uh, with a flight and then a huge you know Melbourne you know, black type preparation ahead. Thin, isn't it? Yeah. It's a thin number. It's a take yeah. on job, isn't it? She's it is a take on job. Yeah. I see I'm I'm personally looking at potentially attacking this race in a different way where I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna wait for a bet fair price. I think that it's mad she's getting in with 58 and a half and a horse like all day sessions carrying 58, considering what Kiss and All Four Cheeks has done in her uh, in her career comparatively. The set weights and penalties of these type of races really, really set it up for these type of runners. Um, but but I'm I'm gonna be wanting to see something significantly longer. I mean, talking if she drifts out to a four dollar twenty type mark, four fifty. If there's big money in the boat, who's obviously there's big spruce around, never been defeated in a trial or a race. Um, yeah, I, I just think if, if there's a wild, wild, wild drift here and we haven't seen it, if we've seen some ground made in race one and two, um, I'm not going to be afraid to follow a wild drift on Betfair here. Out to what What sort of – what sort of want, I'd, I'd want four, I'm talking a wild drift. I'd wild, want 450. I've got 450. Yeah, I'd you, want 450. You know, she she has been a wild drifter on occasions. We'll probably get wild. 15 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> probably get triple figures. Oh, especially if the leaders are winning early. Like it's uh, – then the the map makers come into play, don't they? they? It well, it does depend how they're winning the leaders yep. as well. Though it's more, it's not just about if they're winning. It's about horses that should be making. So we'll be able to tell early on, I think, with the horse that Riley was very counting race on with Shishun. Yep. Say Shishun does settle near last. If if we see um, her get um, him, sorry, get wide and not make the groundwork speak in this type of race straight away, you start having queries on. Oh, hang on, do you need to be forward and yeah. and closer to the rail to win races? So you want to monitor that horse. You want to monitor. It's harder in the two year old race because you don't know who you're expecting to make the ground. Yeah. Um, but it's more about how horses run. It's not always about where they're winning from. It's about how they're running. Um, also, the SP is their SP. SP compared to their SP. That's what I'm yeah. trying to say. So, um, but yeah, I'm. I'm Pretty indifferent here in in the boat. I, I read your uh, I read the leg up BJ already. I've had a little just a little peer at this particular race. I was interested in your thoughts. You've got in the boat finding the top here. Yeah, and comfortably. Yeah, no worries. Uh, Some worries. I'm Eugene. No, no worries. Vain no Tempest. Worries. No worries. 
Uh, I reckon after Honestly, last Jane's no concern. After sure. after last start, I think they'll be they'll be eager to uh, get a smother with Vane Tempest. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Vane Tempest. If Pikey gives it a squeeze out the gates, he probably won't be able to hold it. <laughs> like it just mm. took off like a rocket for Ryan Hill the other day, and then was just running on empty late. I was criticised for that ride a fair bit on uh, on Twitter for what I saw. It. I thought he was probably a touch harsh to cop it as he did. I think he was trying to keep a hold of it. I think he knew that um, that Vane Tempest was fairly fierce. Inexperienced horse. He yeah, was, was slow away and then yeah. he had to click it up to, to roll forward and then just took charge. I reckon and he gets criticised heavier if after being slowly away he probably takes a hold and rides at the cover. So yeah. Ryan Hill was on a bit of a hiding to nothing. Who wrote the there. winner? See, it was Hannah Fitzgerald. Hannah yeah, I don't, know, I don't know if she did it on purpose or or not, but she just did enough to keep him out there. To keep him yeah. out there at a vital stage of the race, and it just cooked him late. Mm-hmm. But um, now, for me, I think in the boat crosses and, and leads. I think Paul, yep. Paul, Paul Harvey will uh, be very uh, keen to cross to the rail in front and and uh, yeah, and follow that hard up along the along the rail. Oh, I mean, it it canted in. I said that leg up. It canted in on debut at Bunbury, but that was on the thirtieth of December. It's been scratched twice. One was a future nomination. One was due to a stable mishap, whatever, whatever that means, which is never ideal. And I suppose that's why we're looking at what four dollars at the moment in the boat. Yeah, I had slight hiccup as yeah. a little bit of a query, yeah. and I sort of agree with you mm-hmm. in the fact that I think Harvey is has to try and cross. Mm-hmm. But there is that oh, there is that chance that Starfield Impact and Vane Tempers make it life probably a little bit more difficult for that runner as what would probably be ideal. But the way Vane Tempest is jumping, if she jumps how she did last start, then that shouldn't be a problem because yep. in the boat's shown some really good gate speed early on. Good point. Yep, she certainly has. And, um, I, and I think after Starfield Impact led and popped first up, that perhaps um, our man Magic Mike and uh, Lucky Lacta will be looking just to uh, follow the leader, leaders back perhaps. Yes, follow the leader. Uh, in the boat as well, it's hard to, you don't really want to go too deep into form lines through trials and maiden victories, but I mean, Hot Z won by about three or four midweek and Sutton Black who in the boat beat in, um, in his trial before debuting. Sutton Black came out, sat deep the trip and um, and won on debut as well. So there, there, there is, it hasn't been just beating up on um, total crap. It's been beating, it's been beating up on pretty crap, but not total crap. Yeah. Uh, but I think, yeah, in the boat's really, really untapped in that sense. Yeah. And Bezos' map does make complete sense. And the way we're talking with Vane Test, uh, Tempest taking a sit, especially with W Pike going on, that's probably his strength to take a hold of a horse more so. Um, yeah, with the Easterly in play, could be very, very difficult to beat. So, I, um, I just thought if he if he turned, turns up, uh, month between runs, stable mishap, has to be some you know, some, some yeah, queries some sort of there, query. and which is probably built into the current price. That was, Who do you mark favourite? I marked in the boat. Favourite, favorite did yeah. you? Yeah. What a price for your kiss on all four cheeks? Uh, I had kiss on all four cheeks, five dollars. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I think you'll see something wild. Brad went up a dollar eighty-five. A nice, yes, uh, very yeah. short, yeah. very skinny. A lot of respect. A lot of respect. Very skinny. He wasn't get, He wasn't getting. Um, what's what was it? Last of the last. Line. Line. Last of the line. Wasn't last no, line he wasn't getting one. last of the line on that one. No, yeah. he certainly wasn't. So. Um, Riley, do you, is there one you like though? Give us one at a price. There's something you can find at a quote for us here. There is one that has come up over my price mm-hmm. and I took a slice of the $18 that went up this morning and that is all day session from Ash Maley's yard. I just thought it was a really big run last start out of that um, magical dream plunge race where it went around at about $1.30, yep. almost Winx odds. And um, it was a little bit slow away, probably a bit slower than we're used to seeing him. It was probably a pair back than what would have been ideal. Found a bit of a wall once he turned for straightening and once he did get out with about 200 to go, I really liked the way he hit the line. And he gets Chris Parnham on here for Mitch Payman, who Chris obviously really thrives on horses that sit off the speed. 
So I think you can sit a pair closer here. And I also had a big opinion on the run of Divine Beast as well. But I thought Divine Beast sat in the 1-1, got a beautiful run, gave a nice kick and was probably just blouse late by a really good one. Mm -hmm. But I think if you swap the runs and you swap all day session jumps a bit better from five, could probably hold out Divine Beast from six and maybe get a better run in transit. All day session would have been finishing alongside Divine Beast or even beating that runner. And you got $16 compared to 550 that's available now. That's bang on. I love that's one thing I actually thoroughly enjoy with doing my four, which is <clears throat> comparative odds. You look at two runs, you look at what changes for the horses in running, and sort of why is one horse $16, one horse $5. Realistically, there's concerns um, about all day session out of the gates and, and how far back he gets. But Chrissy Parnham going on, um, I personally thought there was absolutely nothing between the two runs of all day session and Divine Beast. So that should be a far tighter. I expect to see Divine Beast drift, I'd say. Divine Beast will probably get out to 10 bucks or so by the time they uh, end up going around and all day session. Um, Do you reckon in the boat starts favourite? Uh, big chance, yeah. Big, big, chance. big chance. There's, there's a big, big chance. This could be Kiss on All Four Cheeks' biggest drift yet. Yeah. Um, percentage-wise. This could be, uh, <laughs> percentage-wise, this will be. This yeah. will be. Uh, yeah, she she well could be out of the absolute door here. Um, yeah, I, I reckon I'm, I'm going to I'm gonna back in L Smith, PRV in the boat. Mm -hmm. um, I reckon obviously Kiss on All Four Cheeks, clearly the best horse in the race, but in the, in the boat, railing out in front could nick it, as the guru likes to say. I think Starfield Impact's the, the one that's well over the odds for one. Oh. Magic. Magic. Starfield Impact, Christ. She was, me. I couldn't get anyone nah, near that. Not for me. No. Nah. Nah. Yeah, I've got, I've got auto session marked. Nine dollars and the three dollars sixty the play sixteen dollars a win yeah. that you're currently seeing that's an easy each way investment for me. Yeah, I like that. Uh, I'm gonna, um, seeing as I'm basically trying to move all my punting to Betfair these days, I'm now trying to sort of predict market movements and what will become value and uh, kissing all four cheeks. Uh, if we see the big drift four dollars fifty five plus, which I know is a long way from the current price, but um, I reckon we'll see this wobble. And uh, as BJ said, I think that um, in the boat will likely start your favourite. Sorry, just before we move on from this race, quick comment, Vane Tempest. W what is she? What what's, uh, What is she? Is she? Yeah, I, I, horses that go very quick in trials and win in good times and mm -hmm. just spear away in steel races. When you come to proper horse racing against good horses, you pressure. can't, you can't, pressure. Pressure. You pressure. can't do that. Yep. You can't just be a Freddie front runner. And I think um, Vane Tempest is one I've marked close to 20 bucks. So. I think we'll get a good guide with Pike on from the low draws to yep. exactly uh, what type of quality thoroughbred we're talking about here. Exactly. Big test for acid test it's for just another element to this race though. It's just that's why there's so many sort of, I mean, that, that could absolutely turn up. Iron Sharp is going to go around at a million to one here. It's yep. a horse that started very short in the majority of his, uh, in her races and um, in his races, sorry. And we know that Simon Miller's got a big opinion of him so this race does have quite a few little um just a lot of nuances and a lot of uh, points of difference okay race four is the all flags sign and banners handicap 1400 meters 71 plus and the horse that i just referenced before last of the line dominates the market as expected he uh actually dollar 90 uh, at the moment is the best available dollar 75 earlier today yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh. oh well he's He's, uh, he looks fairly uh, fairly progressive. Um, we, we touched on this um, in discussing this. It might have been the Wild West actually with Crip and he only won by a length of a toll man, but you feel like he could have won easier. Like he just he just got done. He just got it done what he needed to, Ryan. He'll sort of set up late. Look from the gate. Doesn't he just get every chance again? And doesn't he just look super hard to beat again, guys? Super hard to beat. Um, I was um I came up dollar sixty last little line. Yeah. Don't see Beja drop up to sixes. I know. I was just I just put a line through so many of the other horses that to fill fill my hundred percent I just had to I just he just 
that's where he ended up. What did you have him, Terry? I had him – actually, had him a bit longer, actually. I had him $2.15 because yeah. I've got plenty of respect for, um, I think, one Riley we'll be touching on in a second, his red publisher. Yeah. Um, Pikey going on this type of horse. Yeah. Like, look what Pikey's done when he jumped on an old boy like Friar-esque. Yeah. Look what Brad Willer did when he jumped on a horse like Red Publisher. Um, the last run of Red Publisher, the fact it's not in the stewards' report suggests that some of the stewards aren't doing their jobs. Uh, it's 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 borderline. Well, it isn't borderline. It's it's flat out pathetic that they're not in the stewards' report from last start. Couldn't believe that there was nothing there in oh, the stewards' report from that from that run. It's nearly impossible to miss. If if Jade pulls to the outside of Son of a God, it wins by two lengths. Wins the race. Mm. It doesn't just and then not only did she cost herself the race, Jade on Red Publisher, but she's then laid in on Dig Deep, who would have also won the race. But I dare say that Red Publisher was actually going better than us. Yeah. So we probably would have run second. Um, it's, it has to be seen to be believed. Pikey going on this type of horse, this is your genuine plus three length. That's what Pike's worth on this type of horse from there. The problem is three back the fence, last of the line, a head start, last of the line, probably more upside. Um, and that's what concerns me here. That's Market where, is basically bang on my Well, that's where I have a query about the uh, horse that you've got mapped in front of Red Publisher on mm -hmm. the fence, and that's Bow Count. Bow Count traditionally hasn't, hasn't gone forward first up at times. I know that. They haven't been anywhere near as aggressive when it's fresh as they are progressively as it gets through its prep. Mm -hmm. So if they aren't, if I've actually got last if Whining's if Whining's not aggressive here, I think Pike. If Pike's able to hold up leaders back here on the rail, it's game on. Has oh, to be game if, on. If, if Pikey's if Pikey's on the back of the um, Wacken Tanker, they should yeah. probably cross and find yeah, the top. I've, got I've actually got last of the line leaders back. Um, I agree with you. Bow count traditionally goes back first run every prep. Um, so. Look, if, and that probably, you probably wouldn't, if you're backing Red Publisher, you'd probably be pretty excited to see Red Publisher on the back of last of the line, knowing that, hang on, if they're sprinting from the same spot, even though he has to give up two and a half kilos, Pikey can lift these type of horses. So I was hoping the market gave me something here. I was hoping I'd see 260 last of the line, or I was hoping I'd see 750 Red Publisher. Unfortunately, he's it's about, bang he's bang on his right price at the yeah, moment for me. Yeah, he's bang on. And if, if the money does come hard, like we saw last of the line last start, again, you might see a seven, eight bucks. You could just about see an eight each way price if that's how people punt. See a little 220, 230 for a place. So, um, but yeah, if you watch the last start of Red Publisher, it's it's hard not to consider him was, as a betting proposition. It was a very hard watch when you consider that the eventual winner of the race, She's a Light, took the run that Red Publisher should have. Yeah, and if you take away Red Publisher's second last run, he's absolutely flying. Yeah, flying. Prep, isn't he? Absolutely I, flying. He's at the just yeah, the old boy. He's in as good as form. He's 108 starts now. He's yeah, in as good as form as he's been in. I think so. Yeah. Nine-year-old Terry backed him in a current kind of play. And did one of my favourite stories, actually. My, one of my first all-in bets, about 400 to 1, led on the turn. I was pretty excited. So, anyway, that didn't end well. But, uh, yes, last of the line, Red Publisher. I've got him, as I said, about 2 bucks versus 4.80. So, the current market is uh, it's pretty much bang on for me. Phone me. Phone me will be better ridden colder, I think. Yes, very much better ridden colder. Victim of circumstance last start when he, nothing else really wanted to lead and he yeah. sort of found himself out in front. I agree. Imagine that he missed it. Yeah. That's um, the but one horse I think we can forget. Did, did want to, was it like Chrissy was um, having an easy time out in front of the other day? He got him, he got him marching yeah. on foam meat, so yeah. he got him really yeah. marching. So gets, his run was pretty good. Gets yeah. two, two kilos, two kilo swing on, zone. last of the line, two yep. kilo swing in the fave. So yep. I think I've found me, despite not being overly confident of his chances, that I prefer Red Publisher and last of the line, at $5, he's still over my price. Mm -hmm. 
I've taken phone me on a little bit here. I've got cryptic love shorter than phone me. I just think if you're going to win like that over 1400 meters, I know we got the, we, Maddie got the dream run through on the rail. Christy goes on, arguably rides these horses a little bit better than Maddie. If you're talking a small eight horse field, they're bunching and they're all sprinting. Okay. Put all the horses in a line at the 200 and they're sprinting. Who wins the race home? BJ? Cryptic love probably. Yeah. Ooh, doesn't, doesn't yeah. Just the way this race could pan out. Uh, I've still got cryptic love eight, nine bucks. I haven't got a super thin in my market. If they're all sprinting from the same spot, you know, races can turn out whack and tanker and war god from the grease. They're stopping at everything else. Last to the line, Red Publisher get held up for a second. Cryptic gloves, next thing you know, is alongside of them and they're all sprinting together. Cryptic gloves, pretty hard to beat from that spot. So race shape can change everything here. So oh, I'm pretty happy staying out as I probably should have said at the start. Okay. Last line for me, I think he just wins. Very progressive horse, uh, potential star in the making. Red Publisher, the obvious uh, hardest to beat, I think, after we've discussed that ride. And the wizard goes on board. Yep, I'm with Red Publisher. I think we can get the favourite beat at the short, short odds. All right, it's time for our Mundaring Hotel WA Racing Mastermind competition. Let's see uh, how Riley goes here, eh? All right, I think Riley might be a bit. How old are you, Riley? Just quite. I'm 20. 20. So a bit out of my, bit out of my uh, yeah, age bracket, right, this one, I think. Go. Did you, I was going to say, did you drive here or you still haven't got your license? <laughs> <laughs> I saw the bus pull up before. <laughs> but he's smart, smart riders. Smart riders. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, very funny. Yeah, it's good old, stuff. Old people, <laughs> old, old people joke. Um, at least we didn't say multi-rider, but uh, anyway. That's right. The Mundaring, oh, Terry. The Mundaring has been the heart of the hills since 1899, located in Jacoby Street, Mundaring. If you get a chance, drop in and see the publican Ian Butchie O'Connor Say day and let him know that you are a 1-1 one, one listener. Feed, flutter, froffies, butchies, big deck. It's all happening <laughs> up at the Mundaring. So congratulations to episode 60, WA Racing Mastermind winner, Matt Price. Matt Price has won a few times. He Come on down. Obviously enjoys a uh, Sunday uh, session up at the Mundaring. So congratulations, Matt. That $100 gift voucher to the Mundaring is in the mail. Okay, so being Scenic Blast Stakes Day, let's take a trip down memory lane with our Scenic Blast themed mastermind questions. So you need to answer the following three correctly. Question number one, only two jockeys won races on Scenic Blast. Stephen Arnold and who? Guru's off to a flyer. Question number two, in what state of Australia, like, just remembering Scenic Blast raced uh, across Australia. So they had two jockeys. No, two winning jockeys. Oh, two winning jockeys. Yeah. So still, that's a... Yeah. Scenic Blast raced across Australia, UK, Hong Kong, Japan, America, back to Australia. Question, in what state of Australia did Scenic Blast have his final start in May 2012? And it wasn't Western Australia. No, no. He would have been rated to... Oh, he could have gone to a late for age race, but... Question three, Sydney Blast trainer Dan Morton, he was on the 1-1 a few weeks ago. So what horse did Dan Morton saddle up to win the 2016 Scenic Blast Stakes? It was then known as the Australia Day Stakes. Later went on to win a Mungrub Sprint. Should know that. I should be better than this. Uh, it's, you, got the, you got the first two right. It's going good. I haven't put pen to paper yet for the third. I'll leave that one with me. Okay. Leave that with me. All right. Going to percolate on that one. So to be crowned this week's mastermind, please ah. send your entries in to at the one one pod. Direct message us at the one one pod on Twitter. All three correct, and you can be in the running for that one hundred dollar gift voucher to the Mundaring. 
And yes, the guru. Three from three. He's back. He's back, Pontus. So that is, that, is the, uh, that is the mastermind wrapped up for episode 61, Terry. All right. Let's get into the back half of this card. I think the back half of the card provides um, some deeper fields, a little bit more to dissect. So I'm looking forward to the final four races here. The the quadrilla, but uh, you're a brave man if you're uh, if you're finding one um, with a super amount of confidence here, Riley. We've got the C Corp handicap over the mile. We've got a few visitors from the country. We've got what about Moy coming from a maiden victory up to <laughs> the mile? What about Moy? Moy, Catherine Kimsors. Um, we've got. We got Bentley's brother recapitulate who are flying in Esperance, uh, flying in uh, Albany when they go there as well. Uh, Seminole Braves drawn poorly. Beat the Bell is going to be back last. Wine Knights query at the mile. JT Warwick seems to have uh, found the key to safe to make up. He has drawn the car park, and then you've got uh, classy macro who I, I think is uh, went up. So this is one of Brad's rarities where he chucks a roughie up at the uh, a bit of a quote. Went up at the twenty odds this morning. I think most people have something on when uh, if they possibly could. But uh, where are you leaning and where does the value currently sit for you here, Riley? It's a market that's changed a lot since it's opened. So now you've got to sort of move with that. Five, five to one the field, $6, yep. $6 yeah. the field. So that just uh, says it all really. Riley, yeah, it, was, it, it was a race where I was trying to look to find some value here. Hopefully, maybe back two or three runners on Betfair late and sort of look for a price or even back them early if I found a price this morning, which we did obviously with Classy Macro going up a very long price and it's now into $7.50, mm. which has been, someone's had a fair slice of that. But I have marked $4 favorite on top. I'm with Seminole Brave here. Um, went up $9 this morning, which was well and truly enough for an each way investment for me. Has been pretty unlucky, I think, this prep. Um, last start, O'Donnell from Barrier 4 somehow managed to find himself four deep, no cover after about 200 meters and decided to uh, Snag him back probably a bit further back in the field than he probably wanted to be. And he has finished off extremely well and has hit the line side by side with a couple of horses, Giant Leap and the Fagazzi, who would be much shorter odds in a field like this. Although he has drawn 12, uh, there's not a whole lot of speed drawn underneath here. And he doesn't actually step badly at all. He actually steps quite well mm. as a horse and has shown in the past that he can step well. So I think if... O'Donnell, who has been somewhat hard for me to trust lately. If he can uh, get him out with a bit of aggression here early, I think he can probably find a spot close to the speed with some cover if he can get across without burning too much petrol and he could be hard to beat. Jam him in there, Riley. Go on. You, you, know, you know you want to do gonna it. You're going to give him the 1-1. <laughs> I have got Seminole Brave mapped in the 1-1. Jam from him in there. See? He, he was born to be on the 1-1 one -one this oh, guy. Oh, I can tell you. If, if, if you get Seminole Brave to, uh, to the 1-1 one -one from Barrier 12, then... Jeez, you're doing very well. The moment Seminole Brave, if, if Seminole Brave does find the 1-1, one -one, the race is over. Cactus. Yeah, yeah the race is cactus. Yeah. So um, I've only got Seminole Brave a little bit longer in my market because I've got doubts on that occurring. I think he might be leading up a three-wide line or, or breezing. Uh, I think he's a better horse um, with cover. And I, I don't know, I've just got to... I've just got to trust to some degree that from Barrier 12, we're not finding the 1-1, one -one, surely. Surely, surely, surely. But um, the horse we touched on and, uh, and Riley mentioned before that he, we had a piece of the, uh, he had a piece of the, the 23 bucks this morning, uh, his classy macro. We're talking $8, $9 now. It's hard to get as excited about tipping it at the 8 9 bucks, isn't it? I mean, $7.50 now. Yeah, it's, yeah, there you go, $7.50. Gee whiz. So, I mean, the 15 the 15 or so that it was even afterwards for a while was, was a nice enough price to um, give him a little bit of a plug. The thing with Classy Macro, though, and we do need to note, his, his two best runs and his best form is clearly in the slop. Um, 
But Matty Derrick goes on for, for Joey as a party. They snagged him last start in a race, chock full of speed. Slow away. Slowly away. Oh, so, well, they, I think they I think yeah, they were going yeah. to snag him. Anyway. Seemed like a pre Yeah, I think, I think they were going to snag anyway. Did flop out a bit uh, out of the Yeah, gates. did flop out a bit. Either he had a, he, he either misses or he's had a tight rein. It's, it's one of the two. Um, but he hit the line okay. I don't think Classy Macros. A horse who he's looked the winner a couple of times this campaign when he stopped against Depara three back and then against Beat the Bro two back. But Beat the Bro would be fairly firm in the market here, I would suggest. Runs like that, you're going forward, you're going to give a kick, you're going to give yourself a chance. But there's a bit of, and you've got to lack some trust. The shorter we're getting here, I still want to see my nine, 10, 11 bucks to be having a bet, sort of thing, you know. Um, and then you're talking recapitulates the other horse that will roll forward, uh, Seminole Grove being the third, as Riley touched on. Recapitulate, it's not often I'd look at a horse coming from Esperance and Albany into town, but he's flying. Like this bloke is a serious racehorse. Um, you look at his win three back in a 70 plus at Albany. Those 70 plus races at Albany, they're pretty, they're pretty tough. They're to hard win. to win, yeah. He's managed to settle. He settled back in eighth, about four back the fence, found gaps and won like winks, one by about four. He usually leads, and that's how he wins the majority of his races. Lactar goes on for Natasha Faithful, so we get the three kilos off. We're getting an upgrade in jockey. Look, we don't know how he travels to town. We don't know how he's going to go here, but um, I just think he's uh, he's racing tough, tough as nails at the moment. So Look, I'm in a race. I'm devoid of any real confidence. I'm going to back the two horses that I think will go forward. Two claims. Lead and breeze. Lead leaders back. Um, something of that nature. Get about five to one for one of recapitulate or classy macro to win. Something like that will be me. But that's just desperation betting, really. I reckon Eurasia's ready to win. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Three about the fence. That's my biggest fence. Yeah, is the map doesn't step. Yeah, no, I was in my market, but from that map, from gate one, three back the fence, not sure gate one's the right gate for Eurasia for me personally. Yeah, I, I and has I, he come back as good as the horse he was 12 months ago? Is my, I've, don't get me wrong, I've marked Eurasia equal favourite. I've got it about $7 the field though. Yep. Um, where we got it? Yeah, about $6, $7 the field. So I just think should, I thought his run two back in this grade was, was good. Uh, Probably should have won at Albany last start. Sean McGrady on from gate one. I reckon that they're going to roll along with uh, recapitulate out in front. I thought he had the marching at Esperance the other day. Lacta rolling. Hopefully, a uh, bit of bit of space, bit of a uh, few bit of wiggle room there for Sean McGrady to get Eurasia off the fence. I think if he, if he can peel out into and balance up into into galloping room, I reckon he can he can launch late and give it a big shake. I reckon this is a really good option for. Eurasia, I reckon he's going to um, run top three at least for sure. Um, I, you know, I could only see traffic issues cost, that's costing, that's him, a, costing him a top yeah. three finish. But mm -hmm. for me, I just think that the speed that I'm expecting, I'm, I'm thinking Eurasia is just going to going to be right in the right spot. I don't think he likes being too close to the lead either. So I reckon even three back the fence is probably a, a um, no, not a bad um economical spot for him in transit. It'll be interesting to see how those, uh, how classy Macro and Recapitulate do go, especially Recapitulate visiting town. Does he give the kick and off he goes and allow that line to open up the horses to get yeah. out? Or is he, as some visitors do, they haven't traveled well, they're, they're just not happy horses and he goes early and it, it suits a horse in a three wide line or one coming Adam late with cover from the one, one, like seven old brave who, uh, every time I've taken BJ on about him jamming on into the one, one, they've landed one, one. So my record suggests you're gonna have seven old brave in the one, one here. So you should be happy, man. And then uh, in in play, get on. Oh, in play, if he get does on. get the one one, he yeah, he'd be very hard to beat. But what so. are we doing with uh, what about what about more? Uh, I like what about Myers a horse, and I had a good chat to Stefan um, after the last last week. He's he's 
very bullish that What About Myers is the best horse uh, in his stable, better than Universal Pleasure, who obviously won last Saturday. Um, but for me, there is just too many queries on the fact that he's 1,300 up to a mile. He doesn't step all that well either, so he probably ends up three pairs back. Um, and then there's the added query that um, Paddy's Art and Prize Miss have both come out and run pretty much shockers since. So that form line is a bit of a yeah, query. Correct. On top of the distance rise, on top of the fact that Brad Parnham, and this, this is an odd theory I have, but jockeys returning from injury underneath runners – it's just it's it's not ideal because you're coming back and you mentally got to get yourself ready to be back in the saddle. So I try and avoid bit of ring rust, perhaps. Yeah, I try and avoid jockeys returning uh, from three, four back the fence, and that's that's nothing. It's Brad. That's any jockey. If it was mm. Pike, name on it, it was returning from injury, it'd be the exact same thing for me. Um, good to see Brad back. In it the is saddle. really good to see Brad back in the saddle. Um, yeah, Brad uh, is one of uh, one of our top five jockeys in WA comfortably, and um, yeah, he was flying before that. Uh, was. Injury, wasn't he? Would have been interesting if Lacto was on. What about moi? Too? that little bit of that three kilos off from a low draw could have made things very interesting that was a that's a camp choice as well because um brad steve and chris do all the work for yep. for Steph i understand so. that yeah um, a bit of a similar setup to i suppose uh universal pleasure yes last week claim but um but he was able to find the front whereas this horse is uh is probably not beginning well enough to hold a forward prominent running position you think so yeah no, I agree, and uh, just just good luck if you're trying to find the winner. I reckon it's uh, yeah. First leg of the quad too. First leg of the quaddy, yes. Well, one of our uh, other tipsters, uh, he's actually had another bet in the race, which we'll talk about at the end uh, at a bit of a price. So I think um, there's I've a, a further opinion. I think my man, he'll be in this race. Yeah, yeah, I do. All right, Probably so so Terry, you're settling on. Um, <laughs> I'm going to have a Dutch with classy macro and recapitulate. Riley, I think I can have. Seminole Brave and potentially have a bet late on Classy Macro if it gets back out. You can tell. Uh, I think everyone's tipping Clark. I'm concerned it's going to start like $4.80 or something because <laughs> every man – and it's a data horse too. So I'm a bit concerned it's just going to keep on – they're going to keep on coming. But um, I think you can tell the confidence in the race when we both had to pause before we decided what we wanted <laughs> to. Uh, back there, BJ, you're Eurasia? Eurasia for me. Um, Old no, wolf, Wolfie coming to town. Let's show a bit more confidence. In Did the you, you had a good, get a good yarn to Wolf yeah. after last <laughs> last Saturday? <laughs> I'd had a couple of frothies by that stage actually, and uh, yeah, so would he. I think, in all fairness, but uh, yeah, no, I did have a good chat to, to Wolfie. I'd never actually met Wolfie. Um, uh, in person before, but uh, we had a very entertaining uh, conversation. We had a chance to get Wolfie on the podcast at some stage. No, that, that would be comedy. <laughs> that, would be, that would be comedy. We'd yeah. have to, what do you need, that little sensor thing? <laughs> beep, beep. <laughs> Don't get him started on the whip rules. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to choose not to comment here. Race six, the James Squire um, over the 1,200 metres. Uh, this is an interesting race. Um, first of all, guys, I want to just inquire map-wise, uh, Riley. We've got Excellent Dream, Agent J going forward. They're your obvious two, probably Lead and Breeze. Probably coming across, yes. I want to Weapon Sun here. Are you Because it's a horse that we've seen win from last this prep. We've seen Lead and win this prep. Are they going to jag or are they going to say, let's roll the dice and go forward? I think because I know who that runner's got inside inside her, him, not sure, him. Inside him, yeah, I think yeah. that I thought he hit the line really nicely last start from from a colder position in running. So I think that Chrissy Bennett, three kilo claimer, you're probably not getting a three kilo claimer on if you want to go back. Mm, but they went back last start, and they went back four starts ago. It's it's, an, it's a really interesting. Was it a thousand game, last it? start? Though? It was a thousand last start. Yeah, it was a thousand. Yep. I've got it. I've got it going back. 
And I think if it does want to go forward, it might be tying up that three-wide line. Yeah, I think so. I think so. It's it's really, really – I don't think there's, there's not many horses in these restricted grades going better than Weapon Sun at the moment. Flying, isn't it? Some of these runs are just so huge. Not drawing gates, making things very difficult. But, um, yeah, I, I've got – I'm with you. I've got Weapon Sun going back, um, which to me means excellent dream at Agent J. Control. Can, yeah, yeah, they can just about control this yeah, race, off. I think. Um, this is earlier um, – I can't remember if we discussed this on-air or off-air about a horse where you are – you, uh, you don't usually find that particular horse. That was on air? Off air. That was off air. Yep. Okay. So no one knows what I'm talking about. Even better. Uh, this, is a, this is a horse I found here. Uh, I got it at the head of my market. It's not a horse that I've ever found in the past. Uh, it has a very good record and I wish I had found. Star, um, Star Glitter, come on down. Your favourite horse. Star Glitter. He was a That's torrid. A, we had a torrid you, time. You've never found Star Glitter before, have you? Oh, we found <laughs> I found Star Glitter just not when he's won, unfortunately. So I found him at uh, I found him at eighty eight of his ninety five starts. Not the other seven, unfortunately. Um, no, the horse I'm talking about is uh, Agent J. Very simply here, um, his last run. Like, do you know how big that was? Massive. So Sweet Strawberry's got nine and a half lengths above benchmark to the turn. Carlene was forced to cart them up with Sassy Trader on her outside. Um, just the, the legwork that he did while receiving that pressure from Sassy Trader, he was entitled to be beaten a long, long way. I think that cryptic love, Saleya, last of the line, comfort me. Cousin Ivan. Cousin Ivan, yeah. Um, Pambella? Pambella Samaras? Mm, Maybe not. No, that wasn't Pambella's race. That was in the, the Queen Takes King. Yep. Um, who won that race? Uh, no Surrender. Yeah. Um, I think uh, I just think that form is better. I don't think Agent J is a 1,400 metre horse either. So to put in that type of run at the 1,400, to me, that's huge. I think Agent J lands in the breeze here. I think Excellent Dream's now reaching a mark type thing. I don't think that Excellent Dream form's lining up all that well either. Um, Stable humming too, SJ got, Miller. He, I liked that uh, he could shake off mood swings, so I've got a lot of time for in the breeze. But the horses behind it, it you've got Luke's Choices run second. Mickey Blue Eyes down the outside came out and did bugger all. The three horses on the fence, the line machine. Could argue um, he was ridden upside down though. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Some of us have got the 10 bucks early. Yeah. We could argue that loudly, I reckon. That was what were they doing there? What was the thought process? I, I think it was, I don't think it was by design that they led on Mickey, just a touch, but we're talking about Mickey Blue Eyes last, last Saturday. Saturday. Riley mentioned Correct. how um, like a few of us were quite keen and uh, or we had something on at least. I was pretty keen, very poised. Um, but um, they led. Most of us expected. I mean, our biggest concern of the podcast last week. Was it not, they, not stepping where it ended yeah, up? Yeah, not stepping. So rather than uh, taking it up. So interesting um, from um, just how it unfolded, I guess, potentially. I think the horse just began a lot better than they had anticipated. Back to this race. Uh, I think that uh, that form is questionable coming out of that race. So... I don't know. It comes to a point where a horse eventually reaches his mark, and I think Excellent Dream with a sixty here might be getting pretty close to it. Um, I also think he's a tough. He's a fighter. He's got a bit of the Matty Pritis theory about him. He just plays to the same level no matter where he goes. You know, a bit of the Riley Morgan. The thing, <laughs> <laughs> the thing I am concerned with when it comes to Excellent Dream and Agent J mm -hmm. is the thing that Mood Swings encountered last start. Excellent Dream is a notorious layer outer. And um, if you watch the replay, cornered basically one off and ended up about 12 wide on the uh, at a, when it went past the winning post and gradually edged Mood Swing out. Every time Mood Swings, Troy Turner got into Mood Swings, he looked like he was going to throw down the gauntlet to Excellent Dream. Brad Willer just sort of, they just shifted enough ground just to worry Mood Swings out of it. 
So if, if Agent J sits outside, if Carlene Heffel and Agent J sit outside Excellent Dream in transit, there's every chance that they're going to get carted off in mm. the straight, which leads me, which why I think this is the race for, for mood swings. If Geordie Turner can, can wait behind and stalk the two leaders and wait for them to roll off and get that inside gap, I think he can he can sprint through and, and collar both and run down those leaders. What do you think, Rolly? Yeah, mood swings is broke my heart twice this mm. prep now and I'm not sure I'm emotionally ready to go again. Sounds like me, doesn't but it? But <laughs> I think by far the most intriguing runner in this field is Prince Devoutly yep. with Pikey on. And just touching on your last point, return to racing first up of a 16-month layoff, struggled to go with him early, really pulled its head off in the run as well. But he was absolutely massive the way he hit the line late. Mm-hmm. It was the fastest last six and four of the race by a considerable margin. And although you always got to be wary of a horse second up of such a long layoff with those second up blues that can sometimes happen, I think he profiles really well up to 1,200, which is obviously his pet trip off, off that return blowout. He jumped the best he has in his career down at Pinjarra when he actually drew the pin in one. So that's the best in his career that he has jumped from the machines. And that, was, that was his best performance. Yes. Yeah. So if he can jump cleanly this week from barrier one, Hoping he can hold the back of Excellent Dream, and if, as you say, mm. if as you say, Excellent Dream is going to lay off the rail, as he has notoriously done in his career, I think it could open up a beautiful passage for Pikey to get Prince Devatley into the clear and the shortest way home. Mm. He's still only had the six starts, and is very much an untapped talent, and I think he will be going very close on Saturday. Yep, no, it does make complete sense. Um, traditionally, he does jump pretty well, and he pinged the lids in his trial. So um, it's, it's hard. I tried to watch that start. Or I watched that start five or six times, but he, he copped a big check at the start. So it might yep. have been one of the other horses just perhaps went sidewards, and that's taken him out and just a victim of circumstances um, in that sense. What I talk about in this race, though, is how well Weppertson's going. I thought Weppertson was holding Prince de Valley the last 200 to the line really well. Um, the way Riley just described that with the map for this race, Christie compared to Pipe 1 to 11. You're going to think that Prince de Valley is going to save several lengths in the run so you can understand why Prince de Valley should turn the table. I'm just not 100% convinced second up uh, off, the, off the long break how how good we are with Prince de Valley here. Um, but the map does make a lot of sense, as you said, with Excellent Dream uh, being a little bit of a layer. I'm hoping that Agent J is utilising this. Well, this is what I'm hoping with Carly and Agent J is they're, they're putting the pressure on almost pre-turn and then turning into a bit of a slog from there. Uh, Agent J looks super tough. Carlene gets the three off. The laying off aspect is is a concern, is a concern, but I'm just I'm more so hoping that Carling can keep Agent J fluent and happy and not copying any sort of bother from that, um, as that does occur. She might she might even sit off excellent dream. So rather Poten- than rather potentially Gertha in running. Yep. Potentially rather than Gertha in running. <laughs> <laughs> Deary me. But um, Mood Swings, uh, has Mood Swings returned as well as last campaign, BJ? I just think he's just had genuine excuses. Got beaten first got, up. Yeah, I think he got beaten. Like beat a Jaguar was three deep the trip, no cover. Like like a Jaguar was not that great a horse. That's that's my concern that that there wasn't an excuse that start and last start. I don't think he's worked hard to get to the breeze there. I think he's Troy's let him go get there under his own steam. And the horse that led has beaten him home. I'm still waiting for Troy to let him oh, go. Think, oh yeah, the previous start. Deary, <laughs> man. I don't know. <laughs> you want to hear one of my hard luck stories? Yeah. <laughs> D Day on Saturday. I think he's just going to get the right run. He's going to be in the right spot. And if he's as good as uh, we think he is, and this is. This is D Day for Moods. I agree. Yeah, hundred percent. I've marked him equal favourite. Yeah, so I hundred percent agree. The map looks so nice. Yeah, it's, for sense. me, it was him or Prince of Outley, and yeah. I, I trust Mood Swings. No issues. Third up, two runs under his belt. Prince of Outley coming off that. 
I guess he's had an injury enforced layoff. I'm not really sure, but um, second up, uh, always have to do- uh, wind him out a touch. That mm-hmm. left me with mood swings. Mood swings peak career run over that 1200 when he defeated yeah. Bright Diamond and Pakapanya was, was massive. Yeah, yeah was massive run. Yeah. George Dupre, training well. You, me, and? Dupre. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay, prices. I'm Agent J520, so that's why for me at around that $11 mark sports bet at the moment. So then when I got up in front of me, 10 bucks, 11 bucks. Um, each way, very easy bet from the breeze. Nice, tough horse, fights it out. Um, my Maddie's in this race as well in one short. Goes super fresh, beaten Merv and fresh from a near identical setup last start, and uh, will be another runner suited by the little layoff from uh, Excellent Dream. So I'm um, expecting the Stevie Wolf. Trained one short to run a bit of a race here, BJ. Yeah, I'm expecting a four in front of the mood swings price and and uh, maybe even high fours and that'll do me. No bet race for me currently at the moment with Princeton Valley at $3.90, marked $5 okay. as a favourite, $5 favourite. So I'm be... looking at it. I'm going to be looked to play late. Okay. Well, you won't be concerned about a drift there, I guess. It, it depends where the money comes for, doesn't it? And if you're... Correct. And yeah. I think there are some other runners in this field that money will come for. So yeah. you probably will find a longer price closer to jump. Another one I wanted to touch on that was a little bit over market price is Double the Pro. Mm-hmm. I think it could run a big race at $19. Um, probably could have finished much closer last start if circumstances had. Yeah, maybe not as much. Drops two and a half kilos, gets payment on midfield with cover, isn't without a sniff at big price. They will have a good opinion of the horse, I think, as well. So, yeah, this is a, a, a cracking little race. Now, before we move on from race six, Terry, mm. tell the listeners, did you find Stable Secret at Pianjara last night? I did. I did. I actually marked Stable Secret seven bucks that day. Um, I got a bit lucky, actually, because uh, because I thought uh, he'd find the breeze, end up sitting three deep the troop. Looked three deep like, the troop. on the turn. <laughs> um, I, and all, in all fairness, I've, I've chipped away 26s, 41s, and then taken the 60s late. And it, it. I saw on Twitter that Tim Gossage tipped it as well at Finjara that day. He sure did. Got the 41s. Great. Me and, me and Tim are in cahoots, clearly. <laughs> but uh, actually, uh, the best part of the day was the uh, the quadrilla with the last two legs paying 30 bucks and 12s after a 60 Winner, so now it was a reasonable day out at Pinjara. We're just, um, we've been living. Sasha just lifted him too, didn't she? Sasha did lift yeah. him. If you look on the line, she's yeah. looking around as well. <laughs> she's dearie, man. And then my Demi's come yeah. out and made that form look pretty good in the Batavia. Mm. I'd never really quite, I generally just went straight over a uh, stable secret here. Damn, we consider him here, but um, no, this won't be the race for stable secret. There's always a race of prep for stable secret. There is, we've got him. Yeah. Well done. Yes, piss off, you're out. Race seven, it's listed. It's the feature of the day. It's a listed $100,000 Scenic Blast Stakes. What an absolute superstar Scenic Blast was. He won a uh, Lightning Stakes and a Newmarket Handicap for Dan Morton and Stephen Arnold back in the day. Now, ended up being a globetrotting superstar and Dan Morton's going to be looking to replicate some of the Scenic Blast deeds with Elite Street this, uh, well, next month, in the coming weeks, actually. Now... Flotini stands out as the best horse in the race. She rises to 60.5 kilos. She's going to get back again from a sticky draw. Can she replicate her phenomenal Miss Andretti stakes victory? Terry. Um, yeah, she can. She, she definitely can replicate it. But I think the run of Flirtini and Samizdat, and it's very likely to occur again, is they were embellished by the fact the leaders were stopping dead. Mervyn was gone. Like Mervyn was gassed. Indian Pacific would clearly have had enough. Um, like just, you can just look at the run of Caracapo to see the fact that he was in a bumping duel with Indian Pacific. He had no real right to kick on and run second from that position. Like he should have been tired too. So I think you might find as as impressive as Flirtini looked, as impressive as Salmon's Day looked running on like they did. 
a lot of that also. I mean, Essential Spice ran third and he was she, sorry. It was just just Flirtini arguably had a more maybe a more difficult run than Samazdat and went straight past. I agree with that. It's very hard to suggest Samazdat's going to turn the tables, tables. Isn't it? especially if they sprint from the same spot. You feel that there was more than is it a two kilo swing? There was more than a two kilo. Flirtini was more than two kilos better than Samazdat, if you like. Um, there might be more upside in Samazdat, perhaps at the 1200, but um, look, you're going to be back last and second last or pretty close to it with these two runners. So I'm naturally in a sprinting trip. I'm going to, I'm going to try and get them beaten. Yeah. Right? We've got to try and get them beaten. I thought I'd find Mervyn again. Um, I think after the little mishap with his, with his foot, he might have needed that bit of extra work, but I, I can't go past Caracapo. Yeah. Like, you just simply can't go past Caracapo at the price. He's, I'm with you. He's, he's an each-way price. Um, the way I've mapped this race, there's a few different ways. He could land Breeze, Brinkley deep. He could allow Brinkley to come and take him on. Obviously, we're going to have Mervyn out in front. We're going to have very slow ones on the back. Uh, it's good to see Mia Dolce in this race. Um, that was meant to sound more sarcastic. Mia Dolce and Battle Hero will be riding behind them. They're going to be absolute roadblocks. The pair of them will be gone um, at the top of the straight. So Caracapo could grab the back of Wrinkley here and, and very similar to what BJ was just talking about with excellent drain. Wrinkley's a big layer off for mm. us. So Jason Brown might not have to worry about going around Wrinkley here. He might just have to simply just keep the horse straight and go underneath Wrinkley when that gap does present. At the 1200, I think Caracapo is just a bit underrated because he's not all that fashionable um, like the type of horse. He's a good horse, Caracapo. Like the type of horses really that Riley horse. chases. He races in the first half of the field and he's just honest. Like he's just he's just super, super, super honest. He's eight, he eight from 16 at the... Um, eight from 16 at the 1200 and um, seven from 15 track distance. So he's, he's a really honest campaigner and this isn't a deep listed race. Yeah, I've got not much more to add there, Terry. Gets a kilo and a half as well on the favourite, mm -hmm. Flotini here. And he just goes for another level at 1200, I think. And he really deserves a black type box ticked on the resume, I think. Mm -hmm. He is... If he's getting at, it, this is it. At prices, he's on top for me. I can't have anything else in the field. I just think Flirtini and Samazdat, in this field compared to the Miss Andretti, I think there's more. There's a few more roadblocks that could potentially cause yep. more issues. You've got horses like Battle Heroes not stepping at the moment all that well, Saracino, Guns of Navarone, Mia Dolce, who are all going to be sort of thereabouts. They'll probably potentially have to get around when last start in the Miss Andretti. There wasn't as much sort of chaos happening in front of them, but I think that I'm with Caracapo here. I think Caracapo is going to run a really good race. Especially with if the Eastley in play does happen to suit those on speed, it'll just make me more keen on Caracapo. Oh, then if the Eastley does play heavy, I'll be having something Mervyn too, yeah. um, without a doubt. But um, what price are you, Caracapo? I am five dollars fifty, so the six fifty is an easy gamble for me. I'm four eighty, so it's a uh, it's a bet for me too. Um, I did also like. I think Lockroy's in superb nick, but the barrier jockey combination yeah. just yeah. hurts at the moment, especially Trial, in a race of this been, depth. Trials have been really nice, haven't they? Lockroy. Mm -hmm. Hard from 11, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. I was $6, Caracapo. Career best form at the moment, and those two peak performances were over 1,011. And as the boys alluded to, 1,200 metres, I think he's, what, 7 from 15? Oh, 7 from 15, Axe got 1,200. Go, goes to another level. Goes to another skills. level at 1,200. Yeah. I, I Look, I was doing the leg up last night. I, I just went back looking at peak peak performances and I just thought, look, if Flirtini turns up in the same uh, fashion as she did, breathing fire in the Miss, and Miss Andretti Stakes, she's um, with Pike on board, she's going to get last crack at them again, just needs to be kept out of trouble. That Miss Andretti Stakes was such a fast race, set up by Mervyn and Indian Pacific, as Terry mentioned, and they just shot the lights out there and she was just brilliant. Uh, has two outstanding winter bottom stakes performances on her resume, Flirtini, Ascot 1,200 metres. So obviously her best um, stacks up well and truly above the rest. Samazdat is the um, is the other 
class horse on his day. He's just a little bit concerned by the way he cornered last start. He just sort of took a plotted a much wider path than um, than necessary. Perhaps that was just getting think, on the wrong leg at the wrong time. But do I you noticed, think O'Donnell tries to keep Pike on his inside? Uh, I think he should be wary of where um, Flirtini is. I'm always, I always think he shouldn't be too wary of where another horse is, and he should run his own race because that's a very difficult ride from 12 over 1200. Um, but he should be wary of where Flirtini is, whether that means getting on Flirtini's back or um, or holding Pike in a pocket for a second longer or two mm. when he has to. They're little decisions that can win races. But, but if, but if, the if they're players. playing, if they're playing jockeys out the back, then that obviously sets it up mm. for you. Caracapo's um, on top of the speed to hold on. Exactly right. It's funny listening to the jockey interviews when they all hopped off last start. Um, Jade said just a, just a thousand meter horse Mervyn. So I reckon up to the twelve hundred. Expect this not to be run as quick. Yeah, that's my prediction. I think I you'll think, see a massive drift. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think. Mervyn if the Eastley's not in play, obviously, if it's still a heavy Eastley, but it'll get out. Anything. I think Mervyn will get out to anything. But I also think just listening to Jade that she might um she might try and walk him along a little bit, which isn't really Mervyn's go. So, but that could suit Caracapo with yeah. the two backmarkers um nowhere near him. Yeah, and in a similar vein. I think that you'll see a much more competitive performance from Saracino on Saturday. Um, he went I think huge. It, the, it was a massively yeah. competitive performance the other day. I yeah, he went absolutely huge. I think for Sean, Sean, uh, Sean McGrady on board from a low draw. Uh, what was the race that they pinched? The Belmont Newmarket during mm-hmm. the winter. He's um, yeah, so he's he's going to be in a similar spot to Caracapo, but inside him. Um, yeah, look for Saracino running top four. I think on Saturday, mm-hmm. even though the market found him more than I expected it to. But for me, I think Flirtania win, but the boys are pretty keen on Caracapo at the price, and that's understandable. Caracapo for me. Caracapo for me. For the first time we've uh, lined up with, with strength. So, it's been yeah. semi lining up to it now. We've lined up with strength. I'm sure we're going to line up in the last here. And what's, what's the last race of the day called, Roland? The Get Out Stakes. How do we spell it? S T E A K S. Had to think it? about that for a minute, actually. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the extremely, good. extremely popular Get Out Steaks is brought to you by Market City Meats, the largest retail butcher shop in Perth, located at the Cannonvale Markets on Bannister Road. Timmy Hewitt runs the show. Swing pass, say good day. Timmy will look after you. Um, awesome, awesome array of small goods on offer at Market City Meats. So, congratulations to. Episode 60 winner, Tim Marlowe, got the chocolates last uh, last week's edition of the 1-1. And uh, actually, that was a big couple of weeks for Timmy because he won the Mastermind only oh. two weeks earlier. So he's he's had a fill-up, oh, a 1-1 fill-up. What a great start to 2021. Um, there was a, there was a, it was actually a photo finish in the Get Out Stakes last week and a few of the Place getters actually run Tom Percy to see if they could get the result uh, <laughs> reversed, but uh, it wasn't to be. So the result stands. Congratulations, Timmy. Now, to enter this week's Get Out Stakes, remembering it's race eight, only the eight races on Sydney Glass mm. Stakes Day. Let us know who you think will win at the 1 1 pod on Twitter. Race eight, Ascot, Saturday, the Get Out Stakes, the winner, decimal winning margin, two decimal places preferred. Actually, I think, Riley, you are, you're an Get Out Stakes winning alumni. Yes, correct? and also one on my current least favourite horse as well, Cryptic Love. Really? So there you go. Elite. was uh, with Cryptic Love at its two starts, this prep at any old price prior to that. So that's what? Maddie Derrick. As was I. Mm. I wasn't just on. I tipped with a fair bit of uh, confidence as well. That's, so. that's why um, 
Riley got the leg up ahead of um, Tommy Johnson and Latham Anderson because he's a get-out statement. He's, he's, he's proven. So. <laughs> so remembering, of course, Terry. Apparently Tommy's a bit dirty first up, apparently. A bit of rivalry. He's kicking off between the lanes early. Yeah, he's keeping his, uh, he's keeping his cars a bit close to his chest now that the uh, little oh. competition's on. So he's not giving <laughs> away too much. We'll get Tommy on very soon. So uh, remembering, of course, the all-important Sam White rule. Riley? Sammy White. First to the post <laughs> gets the chocolates. <laughs> First in best uh, dressed. I like that. That's very good stuff. Um, shout out to our friend, friend of the podcast, Sam White. So race eight on the program, the Amelia Park Handicap is also the That's emergence. Nice. How long until we mentioned that? The emergence of our very first podcast horse. The one, the only new hat. Yeah, no, I'm very excited about the uh, the debut of new hat. Um, we're going to, we're going to. You'll chuck something on Twitter later this hour, aren't yep. you? But we're going to get all the owners' uh, email addresses. We'll get them to private messages and flick them through to us, and we'll start a little, um, start a little email. We'll send out. I'll just uh, include sort of pre-race notes for the meeting in my my markets, and we'll uh, discuss where we could potentially meet pre-race and say hello um, um, when at the track, um, and just any other information of that nature all the actual racing correspondence will still come directly from luke but um yeah excited about uh about her debut we were going to kick off on wednesday but um we drew the widest gate in a race with rock the planet shock result hasn't deterred you hasn't deterred you on saturday though well we it, it may have deterred us but we're, we're pretty choiceless with the programming coming up i think next week's aspirants jero albany the Saturday doesn't have any suitable sprints for us. So Absolutely. we were pretty choiceless that we had to go either Wednesday or Saturday. Um, rolled the dice. And we've rolled the dice to some degree. Yeah, I think with a good gate and a class one, we would have been pretty hard to beat, um, to be honest, no matter um, if, if we could have found a race where we could get to the top or somewhere near the it's top. It's exciting though, isn't it? It is really exciting. And I, I, I to be honest, I'm still, I'm still tipping her here. Um, I think she's the one that's um, going to be the value runner. Look, the key aspect, well, the key aspect with every race is, is a speed map, obviously. But um, look, time to sizzle led them up, and you, everyone would be expecting time to sizzle to lead them up again. But you got to remember, time to sizzle at at uh, five of uh, her ten career starts, she hasn't found the rail. She's a horse that does do a little bit wrong um, when jumping. So I, I reckon second up, there is a potential we might see a little bit of a second up blues from time to sizzle here, and that's. That might open the door for a couple of these other runners. Santiago Gal goes quick. Ladies of London's drawn wide with Pikey on, so look for look for Pikey to find cover on the Lindsay Smith trained um, Galloper. Warfish goes quick. Warfish again isn't necessarily the world's best stepper, and Warfish is off two hundred seventy days. The fact that they've booked BBE over um, Paddy Carberry to me would suggest it's just a jump and run yep. type um, type effort there. And then you've got Boz Taurus in too. I think uh, Boz Taurus is getting to be, uh, a bit longer in the tooth and doesn't have the speed to go with a lot of these early. Same thing, Sterling Estate might get found out, I reckon, against some of the more sharper ones early. Then you've obviously got our girl in Newhad who has unfortunately got the um, the Luke Fernie draw in um, in Barrier in barrier 13. But with the 51, if, if Carleen can step her, and, and Luke has said that she's stepping tremendously, and Luke has said, well, he hasn't said she's stepping, she's... He's very happy with how she's feeling. Um, she's fleet-footed. She's ready to go. She's fresh going into this. Look, if we can, if we can step and land in the breeze with fifty-one, I reckon she's going to be really, really, really hard to hold out with the fifty-one kilos. If you look at her first two fresh runs, um, her first, her two fresh runs in her career to date, 
First up, she, uh, as a two-year-old on debut, massive ratings win um, when knocking off Spirited Session. The form from that race is only so-so, but she did it with a real degree of ease. First up, next prep, she took on Clairvoyance um, when crossed all bar Clairvoyance, had to sit on the back of Clairvoyance, which I don't think is a, um, well, that's nothing to sort of hang your head at. Mm. Uh, but uh, we found some trouble in the straight that day, finished alongside um, Charlton Eddie. We finished on the back of Gemma's son. Arguably, we probably maybe beat Gemma's son if we don't find that little bit of interference. So New Had might be a horse that does her best racing fresh. I just think top end form is good enough um, to run a race here with the 51 kilos. So if we can find the breeze, I reckon 10 bucks each way, we can have something on here, BJ. They're, uh, they are running for Carleen too. They the certainly, they well, certainly. Even, even Bumper Humper are. yesterday was uh, yeah. three wide no cover on a day that you didn't well, want to be there and just kept finding for her, didn't it? Look, I, so. if, we, if we do happen to land three deep outside the, outside the speed, late in the day, that's not necessarily the end of the world either. And the fact we've only got the 51, you can cart a wider path so and still off, give a bit offset the end. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So... Look, if, if we're three deep outside, say, Time to Sizzle and Warfish and they're not going too mad and we've got a happy controlled horse with just the 51, I still think we can give a kick and run a race from out there. So um, might be a little bit biased, but um, I, I think she represents the value in the race at the current markets. Uh, just for all the people that have jumped into, follow, follow the lead and jumped into New Had, on Saturday she will be wearing the Luke Fernie blue with purple seams colours. Mm -hmm. However... Where our 1-1 uh, red and blue colours, which are in the process of getting registered at the moment, will be on for a follow-up assignment. Fingers crossed. So keep an eye out for those very flashed off, Guru. Yes, plus we're going to get the ownership details updated there as well. Yes, yeah, correct. Which all should be going through. Correct. Uh, my friend, Riley, what are your, what are your thoughts on the, uh, on the get out? Um, I had one who I thought originally just looking at the fields was a standout commodity for me on the card. But I hope Paul Harvey's friends with Moses because he might need him to part the seas here. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Well, yeah. he is the pontiff. He like that one too. It looks to be he a... He might need a pontification. <laughs> <laughs> he is the pontiff. If anyone can uh, has a line to Moses, it's, uh, it's, it's the pont, that's for sure. <laughs> it just looks to be a particularly sticky map for mm. Amelia's Contraire from gate one, potentially four, three, four, three, four back the fence. Yeah. Question, think. were you on first up? No. Jeez, oh, that was savage, oh, wasn't it? Oh, my God, seriously. <laughs> I'm on. And not only that, I decided to basically wait for the later price as well. So it's drifted to anything. That, that was, was savage. so difficult to watch. Deary me. Deary, deary me, Riley. Anyway, continue. Yeah, she's, Sorry. She's gone down half a length that day. Sorry, mm. Terry. But um, she's run easily. Thank, thank, completely forgot as well. Thanks, Riley. She's run, she's run easily the fastest last two split of the entire meeting and she didn't even find clear running room until passing the 100-metre mark. So that's saying something with how well she went that day without much luck. But it is less than ideal territory to be three, four back the fence here and she's undoubtedly needing luck to fall her way. She gets a two-kilo swing on time to sizzle, who she would have beaten last start with any luck anyway. Mm -hmm. But... She can find some clear galloping room up the rail for Paul Harvey if they start to fan off the fan off the fence late in the day. I can see her just running straight past these. I reckon. I reckon if she gets the luck, she wins the race. Yeah. I very much agree with that. But you're going to have, and this is one of the biggest things for me. And not many people will probably even look at this horse, Boz Taurus, right? From barrier two, Boz Taurus is going to be on the rail in front of her. Who's going to be the first horse beaten in the race? Is Boz Taurus? I just worry what that does to anything in that line. So this is a Nemeroff syndrome. Yeah. Again. Yeah. 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 Yeah, so that's 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 what concerns me there. Mm. I 
just from three, four back the fence. If, as you said, and you might be right, that stage of the day, if time to sizzle, Wobble's a little bit off the bend and the gaps do appear, um, she'll flash and she'll run and she'll be so hard to beat. But um, yeah, you are you are backing a horse that is going to need some luck um, over the thousand meters, Correct. especially if they ramp the speed up and that just creates that bit of separation for the punt to mm-hmm. angle angle out or into. But uh, but Terry Terry's right. Like time to sizzle was. Do you think she was flattered a bit by some hundred percent? Who settled around her? Have yeah, the horses settled around? It was, it was like, oh, I don't think that's as big a victory as, as it looks. And like a Jaguars got out flash late. I yeah, I, I think that time to sizzle is absolutely um, is cherry ripe for the beating here. And and if Millie Contreras does have that bad luck, your next in line is Lipstick Flickers, a thousand meters back to a thousand with the bar shoes on. No, no, thank you. No, You've then got Ladies in London next in line yep. um, from Barrier Fourteen, who was gifted a race last start in the country to win. Like. It's so like, so oh, who, this, who, who's going to be rolling out of trouble with no weight on his back? Oh, this is – oh, jeez. It's going to be a brave I'm performance. Like, I reckon I'm, I'm, I'm going to be there. I reckon I'm going to be there and uh, I'm going to be excited, I think, BJ. I think we can run a race. I think we can run a race. I agree. I think we can run a race as well. Uh, I do think that Riley and the Guru are on the right path. Any luck um, gaps late, Amelia's Contreras has the closing speed to overcome that mid – Mid backish potentially running position, just her, her um, the way that she launched first up was incredible. Query why? Because Amelia's Contreras is uh, proven to be, I would say, proven to be better at the twelve hundred over the thousand. Why haven't they gone to the twelve hundred meter race later in the day rather than stick to the thousand? I found that very odd. I'm sure Simon has a plan. I think Simon's one of the more astute horsemen um, and, and placer of horses, but uh, I found that interesting. They didn't um, pop up to the the twelve hundred meter race. Just a Something I noted. Hmm. Maybe she was nominated and didn't get the gate or something. Potentially, yeah. I, did, I didn't see the early nods in that sense, so that could well be it. But um, but yeah, it's a uh, yeah, it's a the, the map and the speed and the the the, the setup for this race is is all important, isn't it? And uh, Terry's outlined um, all the all those factors. Riley has mentioned that um, obviously Amelia's Contreras is going to need a hell of a lot of luck from gate one, but uh, punt on board, anything can happen. It's going to be a fascinating watch. And to all our new had uh, uh, owners, new owners, and all our podcast followers, um, she's just going to be out there, clear air, rolling, 51 kgs, inform stable, inform apprentice. Who knows? Who knows, Terry? I haven't caught her once. <laughs> no, there you go. I've not caught her it's, once yet. It's time. It's time. <laughs> All right, it's time for our Betfair Best betting propositions of the day. Our guest, Riley Morgan, what have you got for us, mate? What's your best? Betfair oh, Best. Pretty pretty tough card all in all with uh, not exactly bullish you're about. Making, you're making excuses already, Riley. But I do have to lock in, although we have touched on that he will be needing a bit of luck in the straight. But Amelia's contrary in the last for me in the get-out stakes is the best betting proposition of the day for me. Pony, pont in the last. Oh, it's contrary. Ah, uh, Bernard, your best. Uh, getting getting early, I think. Ryan Zijern. Ryan Hills Mount, <laughs> Zijern, uh Good thing in first. Good thing. Yeah, good I was two fifty. Uh, the price has been nibbled away yeah. since uh, since markets went up, but I think it stands out for me. I think it'll just win to start. What did Brad go up this morning? 
He would have been three ten. Three went up three ten. Three ten. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That looked uh, that looked backable. Uh, look, I don't. This is a meeting I found it very difficult to come up with the best. Uh, Making excuses already. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I deserve that. I deserve that too. <laughs> I have marked Agent J uh, equal favourite with mood swings. We can get double that. So let's back Agent J each way at eleven bucks nice. as their uh, our best of the day. Quite surprised that that's what's come out of my mouth. To be honest with you. Uh, Maddie's. So for, uh, to qualify as a Maddie, even though we do sort of move <laughs> around a little. <laughs> We do move the uh, we move the uh, goalposts every now and then uh, to suit ourselves. However, Riley, twenty one dollars, twenty to one of the old plus. What have you got for us? Bit of value. Oh, race five. I my Maddie for the day is Duck Feet Woo! for the Brett Pope Yard. It wasn't the worst run you'll yeah, ever see. Last wasn't, start was wasn't bad. Essentially, two lengths detached yeah. from the rest of the pack on the turn and the way. He's run home. He's a horse that sort of needs to always and says needed to build into his preps with a few with a few runs before he really hits his straps. And I think you'll see a price upwards of fifty to one on Betfair late. And yeah. I'm happy to have something very small on there. So Duck Feet is my Maddie of the day, Terry. I actually don't mind that. It's a uh, it's a horse that can pop up at a price from nowhere from the clouds. I think I'm, I think I'm back to the last time I won a race with Mitchell Pateman along yeah. the fence. Uh, Does yeah. also lose yeah. the apprentice. I might have won a race since, but I remember Mitchell Pateman drove up along the fence and mm-hmm. got there in the last yeah. stride one day, about 12 bucks. Yeah, lose the apprentice for the senior as well. Okay, duck feet, tell you what. Juggernaut, juggernaut Jay jumps on. On every week if mm. we can get duck feet up. Um, then again, mine's probably just as much of a chance. One short, the map, if excellent, Dean, when excellent dream does roll off a little bit. Um, one short, goes super fresh, might just be forgotten about in markets, currently nearly 30 bucks. Um bit like uh, Riley's probably even starts a bit longer with a few supported runners in that race. So we'll have something small on one short as our Maddie. BJ. Uh, all right. So my Maddie, and I've already um, mentioned it earlier in the show, but I think Starfield Impact for with uh, a low draw, three kilos off for Lactar is going to be leaders back. Uh, if she taps into anywhere near her best form, she can she can give this, this a nudge. So $26, probably maybe even a bit longer in the day. Magic Mike? You'd hope so. I reckon the three of ours multi will be upwards of a, what will that be? About uh, 30, 50, 150, 30s, enough, about 45,000. <laughs> so you get those three. I, mean, I reckon the least chance of three of them is BJ's as well. Yeah. So. You reckon? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I think Starfield doesn't come You reckon it's finished? Think, I think, finished. Yeah, I think the horse is shot. Yeah. 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 Oh, I'm not going to join next week's podcast if stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Can't believe you, you, you're even <laughs> casting any doubt on our man. No, you're right. I shouldn't. I shouldn't. Not from the not from the good gate with the uh, with the free claim on it. Uh, our lay 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 of the day. Riley Dot. What is your uh, what's your lay of the day? Lay of the day is kiss on all four cheeks in race three. That's good. Pipe opener for Melbourne targets. Not here to win. Yep, good, good, good. Times, um, time, times two for me. Times two. Yeah. Um, current price is a lay for me. As yeah. I'm probably backing when it gets out to double that at least. Um, look, I found I struggled to find a lay. Prince Devoutly. I'm I'm not convinced on a horse second up long break. I think the three dollars forty is pretty. Uh, it's pretty, rock bottom. Pretty, pretty rock bottom. Yeah, exactly right. So it's not one I want to push a real strong lay on because I think it'll be mapped really nicely. But um, yeah, we'll take on Prince Devoutly. All right, so this is the first of our Young Guns yes. Hunters series podcasts, and we've got Riley Morgan, Tommy Johnston, and Latham Anderson, the three guys who will be uh, joining us on the 1 1. Obviously, Riley's here with us today. But um, Terry has organized a punt off, 
and he's going to let everyone know exactly what the fellows have come up with. All right. Week so one. Inclusive of this week, over the next seven weeks, inclusive, uh, we will be giving them, uh, as I said, 100 units to spend on uh, on Betfair SP. They'll be recorded. Maximum three bets. Each way just counts as one bet. So you can back three horses each way if you like. Uh, $100 in total. Just basically add up the results. Simple stuff. Riley, kick us off. Where's your $100 going this week? Get my pen and paper out to write it down. I am going to start off with $25 each way. Yes. On all day session, race three. Oh, okay. Me. You might even get your uh, Mandy price come bet fair SP if the in the boat money comes there. I think so. Mm -hmm. I think okay, so. 25 each way, all day session. Yep, 50 bucks left. 50 on the win, Amelia's contrary and the get out sakes for oh, me. S-T-E-A-K-S. Right. S-T-E-A-K-S. Correct. It's hard to spell it, isn't it? When oh, it makes me think. It comes out here, doesn't it? Really hurt. All right, I need yours for next week by 10 a.m. Thursday. Please, sir. All right, Tommy Johnston. TJ, Tommy Johnston. Is that the name of the, the old weatherman? No, it's Todd Johnston. Todd. He's the singer of the group bar. Yeah, yeah. He still does, I think. Yeah, does he really? I believe so. There you go. He tells the weather and he can belt out a tune as well. He'd be on What About Why, wouldn't he? <laughs> Uh, okay, uh, Tommy Johnston's gone for some value. I'll tell you what, it'll be an interesting old uh, competition if we can jag one here. Race five, 50 wins, classy macro. Race six or seven? Um, hang on, let me just Six, the seven's the feature. Race six is his second bet. Another 50 wins, double the pro. Whoa. So 50 wins, classy macro, currently around seven, eight bucks. 50 wins, double the pro, I think it's around 20 bucks. I've got in front of me at the minute. So uh, Tommy, uh, Tommy Johnson does love a Fernie yeah, horse. He, does, he loves he? a Fernie uh, horse. He's having a little throw at the stumps at a price, so I like that. Lathan has got the three for us. He's with BJ in race number one. 50 wins on Ryan Hill's mouth. Zizhen. Race five, uh, one of the, not, uh, one of the Helen Harding duo. Which one? Which one's he going not with? Not recapitulate. Bentley's. Yes, he's the brother. Bentley's brother. He's gone with it. He's one of his best bets is Bentley's brother for the day. 10 bucks each way. And um, and he's with uh, with BJ again in race six. Uh, 30 wins on mood swings. So there you are. I'll tell you what. Tommy Johnston could just blow this competition he apart could, in he? week one and have the boys scramble. There are so wow. many. I was told Tommy earlier, there are so many that um, he tips that oh, I'm on or I've got something on or, or like he's on Long Knife Brother at Albany today and that's a that's a spec for me. Um, Long Knife? Massively. Long Knife Brother. Oh, Brother. The okay. Brother today. Yeah. The Brother. So, yeah, he's uh, yeah. it's interesting how many uh, how many line up with um, not just Tommy but um, Lathan and, and Riley as well. So, well, and uh, thanks for the boys for, for participating in it yeah, as well. Yeah. Good to see you. Very much so. Betfair as well. Very exciting. Curtis, yes. Very exciting times ahead. I know uh, – as a result of this competition, me and Tommy might be uh, rendezvousing with our selections less frequently now. Yeah. There is something up for grabs. Yeah. <laughs> no, you got to keep uh, your cards close to your chest um, during competition time. So, no, looking forward to it. I'm hoping someone, as I said, Jag's a big winner um, early on. If you get all-day session up, you should set yourself a nice lead. Same with uh, Latham with Bentley's brother or Tommy with double uh, double the pros. I'd love to see one of them take a big lead early and uh, see what the other boys have got chasing-wise. So.
could be some new uh, favourite hard luck stories moving forward out of this competition. Yeah, so. there could be. Yeah. There could be. Yeah, there could be uh, some new favourite horses as well potentially. But uh, Riley, thank you for joining us uh, for uh, for another very long edition. It's still like we can't even discuss it anymore. It's always a long edition of the podcast, isn't it? But uh, loved having you on, mate. Tremendous, uh, tremendous insight uh, into the way you you punt and, and come up with your selections. And um, yeah, we are. We look forward to having you on again in the future. I'm sure. Yeah. Outstanding, Been a pleasure. Outstanding, Absolutely mate. Pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for coming on. Thank you very much for having me. All right, guys. Well, uh, that brings us uh, to the end of another uh, episode of the uh, the one one uh, the podcast horse debuting on um, Saturday is definitely the highlight of the meeting. For the me. people's podcast. The people's podcast. Exactly right, Riley. So I'm uh, very excited about uh, new had debuting. Um, yeah, well, we'll hear more from Luke about uh, about her chances in uh, in the coming days. I'm <laughs> the, sure the guru is declaring. Yeah, I'm, I probably should uh, I probably should calm down a little bit, but uh, uh, we're, we're we're confident she can run a race. But uh, looking forward to what she does going forward. Looking forward to having um, Tommy Johnston and Latham Anderson on in coming weeks and watching this competition. Um, Rough. Get a bit. Get around them on Twitter. We'll put the results up on um, on Sunday or Monday. BJ will jump on and lob up the results, and we can um, and we can declare a, a bit of a Twitter champion in, in the Young Gun Rising series. But um, um, before we go, yes, Magic Moons Day next week. Yes, huge, huge event in the WA One racing calendar. Maybe Simon A. Miller on the podcast. Yes, we're gonna yet to be confirmed, but big possibility. Yes, big big chance. We're yep. gonna try and attack S. A. Miller to come and uh, and join us next week. Just a natural follow up for R. Dot Morgan, isn't it? Downgrade to the uh, downgrade. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like it. All right. Uh, looking forward to seeing how the lads progress. Good luck to the People's Podcast horse in the last new hat, and until next week on the one one. Thank you.